Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Amen. Wasn't the worship today spectacular? We are so blessed. We are so blessed to have an amazing team of people who are willing to give their time and their talents, and so we so greatly appreciate them. Merry Christmas. We are getting so close. This is my absolute most favorite time of the year. I've always enjoyed Christmas. I enjoyed Christmas as a young child. I enjoyed Christmas as a teenager. I enjoyed Christmas when I was at college. I enjoyed Christmas when Whitney and I first got married. But my favorite thing about Christmas is being a dad at Christmas. Can anybody else relate to that? It is so much fun. It is so much fun. And so today we're going to be talking about a pretty famous dad that that is a part of the Christmas story. But before we get there, um, I just wanted to kind of share some of the, I don't know, I guess my fatherly mentality of when it comes to Christmas. Kind of uh, after Thanksgiving, kind of how our family lays out the plan. Usually, like Pastor Lloyd said, how many of us guys have to carry up the tubs of Christmas decorations? Right? Right? That's what I do. So I pull them up from the basement or I pull them down from the attic. And as soon as I open them, I go, oh, no, I did not put these in this box how Whitney wanted. How many of you have that conversation? That's not how we decided how we were going to store everything away. But come January, you just want to get everything back in the box and put it away, right? So that's one of my fatherly responsibilities. In the Flash household, we tend to do everything's a little bit manlier. And so when we put up the tree, it's not just, hey, can we put up the tree? It's Christmas tree installation, right? We are going to install the Christmas tree. Uh, But as we go through the month of December, I kind of take it on as my own responsibility that I set the tone for the Christmas vibes in the house. Give me anybody relate to that? It is my responsibility to make sure there's Christmas cheer, that there's loud music playing on the Bluetooth speaker at the day. As soon as I wake up, I am am playing Christmas music. I'm hiding the elf on the shelf, doing all the things. Whitney uh, is trying to learn to appreciate uh, my flavor for that. She's she's getting there. But, uh, But this month is so much fun. But I was thinking about when it comes to being a father, uh, that, that, that Christmas morning is, is pretty, pretty special. And so one of the things that I have kind of learned, and, and, and um, I, I kind of wanted to just bless our dads today, if that's okay. So one of the things that I make sure that I have on me come Christmas morning, there are a couple of dad essential tools that you need. Uh, number one being, let me make sure I can find it here. Uh, it is a, a pocket knife. What dad does not have a pocket knife on Christmas morning? And so first person that comes to get this, you get a pocket knife. Sirius has a heart attack right there. There you go. Merry Christmas. So once you get the pocket knife, you're opening things and you're doing the things. And then uh, a child or your wife brings you something. uh, It needs to be opened. Uh, There's usually a compartment that needs to be dealt with. Let me see. I got it in here somewhere. Yeah. A screwdriver. 
Every Christmas morning, if you do not have a screwdriver handy, you're gonna have an upset spouse or children. And so whoever needs a screwdriver, you're more than welcome to come up and get this. It's a six in one. Come on, somebody, come get it. It's Christmas time. Here we go, here we go. All right, good deal, Merry Christmas. So then the kid brings you the toy and you undo a particular compartment on the toy and you realize, what'd you forget? Batteries. So it's essential to have batteries. Now, this was the most expensive thing. First person to come get this. Come on, somebody. Come on, right here, right here, right here. All right, Merry Christmas. No, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So those three things are pretty, pretty important. Uh, now, now, here's where the moms and the wives and the grandmas can kind of come into play. If those three aren't essential, can anybody else take a guess of what number four is? It is. The garbage bag. It is the garbage bag. I am control of the garbage bag at my house. This is mine, you're not getting it, right? And so every year it never fails. I am just like following my kids around like crazy. Heaven forbid they make a little bit of mess, but I'm like, it is the Lord's birthday. We are not making a mess in our house on the Lord's birthday. And so I'm in, I'm in control of the family trash bag, but this is mine, uh, you're not getting it, so. I apologize for that. But, um, but the reason why I wanted to do that is that shortly thereafterwards, um, dads kind of take a back seat, right? Dads, dads are kind of in the background and they're just drinking their coffee and they're watching the family enjoy everything. Uh, and so, and I, I don't think that's very fair. Right? I don't think that's very fair, especially everything that as fathers that we have to endure to becoming fathers, which is the picture I'm about to show you. We have to go through this awful experience of this picture that's gonna be up on the screen. The hospital guest bed the day our little ones arrive on planet Earth. Man, can I, am I preaching any men out there? Right? I can, I can feel the, the heat coming from the ladies in the room right now. But anyway, but we're gonna be talking about a pretty particular Christmas father. And he goes by the name of Joseph. Joseph, this time of year, is sometimes overlooked. And so we're gonna dive into scripture uh, today and kind of see what scripture has to tell us about Joseph. We're gonna be in Matthew chapter one, verse 18 through 21. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. You can go to the Bible app. It'll be on the app as well, or it'll be up on the screen. In Matthew chapter one, verse 18, it says, this is how the birth of the, uh, the, excuse me, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time to be together today. I pray that over these next few precious moments that you would just speak through me. Father, I pray that you would give me clarity. I pray that you would give me wisdom and discernment uh, as we kind of break down this Christmas story and how it relates to Joseph 
and peace. Father, there may be some in here today that could use a little bit of peace in their life in the midst of this Christmas season. And so, Father, we love you, we trust you, and we are expecting you to move in powerful ways as we're gathered here today. Amen. Amen. So I got a question for you. Have you ever experienced chaos? Have you ever experienced chaos? So in the context of this story, can we all collectively agree to, to show Joseph some sympathy? In verse 18, I'm gonna reread it. In verse 18, it says, this is how the birth of uh, Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Imagine trying to prep yourself for one of the biggest days of your life, your wedding day, you are trying to anticipate your life in the future with the love of your life and all of these things, and your future spouse comes to you and hits you with this kind of news. Could you imagine how your world would flip upside down? You're, you're excited about the honeymoon, but all that excitement goes right out the window probably. In an instant, Joseph's life was wrapped in chaos. If we thought scandal was bad news today, and, and quite frankly, like it's gotta be pretty, pretty crazy to be a scandal today, but, but back in those days, it, it would have been way worse. It would have been extremely heightened. What was going on in the life of Mary and Joseph if this was to get out in the wrong way? It would have been way worse. Joseph would have been in some hot water. Joseph knew the ramification of what would take place if this wasn't handled 100% correctly. And I'm not talking about the 100% correctly like he was trying to handle this as like a Christ follower that, I mean, he was, he was trying to handle this so he could simply survive. And so he was in a pressure cooker of a situation. In verse 19, it says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, for the first time in the story, and basically for the first time ever, um, we get a glimpse, a true glimpse of Joseph's character. There's a key word uh, in this verse, in verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful. Now that wasn't necessarily meaning, okay, because Joseph was faithful on his end of the bargain in their relationship, that's not necessarily what that means. What it's talking about, it's, it's because Joseph was faithful to his God. Joseph had a really deep rooted, strong relationship with his heavenly father. That's what that means. So, but we get a glance of his character that he is faithful. There's some passages that say righteous. Some even break it down to as simple as he was a really good man. But even in the midst of that, even in the midst of that, he wasn't ready for chaos. Just because he was a good guy, just because he had a great relationship with his heavenly father, he was not ready to receive the news from Mary that, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant and you're not the dad. Chaos. How his world was completely flipped upside down, but how could he be ready? How could he be ready when everything in his life was so officially out of control? But 
He wasn't ready for the chaos, but we get to see his character and we get to see kind of his makeup as, as, a, as a man. His life was in shambles, but he didn't want to ruin Mary. He didn't want to destroy her publicly. He didn't want to take her out to the town square and make a mockery. We are seeing a little bit of the character of Joseph in the midst of this because he is trying to care for Mary, even though I'm sure he's dealing with some heartbreak. He wanted to keep a super low profile, but can you blame him? You know, in, in, in all fairness, in our humanness, if, if you... If, you're, if your relationship partner was to bring you that kind of news, I mean, kind of like the, the, the crazy bells are going off. Like scandal's one thing. Like being unfaithful is one thing, but what she was saying, it's like, whoo Like there's no way. There's no way. Of course, Joseph wanted to say, hey, hey, Mary, this was cool. We had a great run. I, I appreciate all that we had, but like I'm gonna slowly back away. Right? He wanted to guard his reputation. Joseph was in a really, really tough spot. Could you imagine Mary gives you this news? You take some time, you go off, you go back home, you do your own thing. Could you imagine the next time you show up to golf league with your buddies what the conversations are? Could you imagine the next time that you show up to work or Joseph went to work? I mean, could you imagine the conversations that they were having around the water cooler? How embarrassed he must have been, the shame, the layers, the layers of awkwardness. This is an awful time for Joseph. His life was a mockery. People, people were probably judging him for how he managed his home. This was a reflection on his leadership in his home. And in all fairness, you, you, you can't blame him for wanting to split. But let's take a look at what happens next. In verse 20, we read, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I love this verse. I love the very first part of this verse because I love the first line where it says, but after he had considered, after he had considered all that had taken place, there's some, there's some uh, passages that say, but after he pondered, after he thought about. It, it, it's interesting that he created this space to consider, to ponder, to spend time in reflection and to think. It's pretty crazy that this is the time when the Lord shows up. He showed up in a dream and, and, the, and the Lord is speaking clarity into Joseph's life into the midst of this chaos. Because Joseph was wanting to make the decision to walk away slowly, to walk away quietly, I get it, Mary, you're gonna do your own thing, but I don't want any part of this. Let's just sever this relationship now and we're just gonna go our own separate way. I don't wanna destroy your character and, and whatever in the midst of all that, but this is what I'm gonna do. But, but something in Joseph makes him ponder. It makes him take some time and the Lord shows up. So in other words, sometimes when we're in the midst of chaos, some of you were chuckling, some of you raised your hand when I asked you that question, how many of you have experienced chaos? 
Sometimes we just need a little time. Sometimes we just need to pause. Sometimes we just need to ponder. Sometimes we just need to consider God might be up to something. And I, was, and, I, and I was working on this message and I was pondering about my own life. And I was thinking about how many times have I made a rash decision, a stupid decision, because I thought I had the answers. I thought I knew what I was supposed to do and I missed God showing up. I think about some of the chaos that I have dealt with and I think about how much pain I could have saved myself if I would have just waited for God to speak. And thank God we get to read this passage about chaos, about ultimate betrayal and all the things. But there's something inside Joseph enough that is hanging on to some kind of truth to where he ponders and God shows up. And so here's what I think started to happen. In that moment of pondering, in that moment of reflection or whatever you want to call it, this isn't in the Bible, but this is my version. I'm writing it. He started praying. He started seeking. Ultimately, he wanted to hear from the Lord. If you're taking notes today, I encourage you to write this down. We can't hear if we don't give ourselves space to listen. Write that down. It should be up on the screen. We can't hear if we don't give ourselves space to listen. I truly believe that in this moment, I truly believe that in this moment, Joseph is, he's only wanting peace in the midst of his chaos. That's all he's wanting. That's all he's wanting is peace in the midst of the chaos. But this is how Joseph chose to handle it, right? He chose to do it the correct way, the godly way, the, the, the very patient way, the humility way, all of the things. And so, but I got a list for you that'll be up on the screen if you don't want peace in your life, I want you to do these following 10 things, okay? And we're, we're, and we're gonna break it down. If you do not want to create peace in your life, here, here, here's the list. Number one, if you do not want peace, I want you to engage in toxic people. Because when chaos comes, we like to talk about it. When chaos comes, we like to tell everybody we know about it. I, uh, there was some celebrity, I don't know who it was, but it, it, was, it, it was a really wise quote. It, it talked about when you, when you have a problem and you're looking for a solution, if you go to more than two people, you don't want a solution. You want attention. So don't engage in toxic people if you want peace. Number two, excessive self-blame. Excessive self-blame. That this, this idea of just spinning downwardly into yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Number three, chasing happiness. I've talked about this before. Happiness is like fireworks. Pew, 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 right? As Christians, as Christ followers, we want joy. We want to be able to experience joy in the midst of chaos. Number four, staying comfortable, right? Push yourself. Push yourself to the next thing, what God's calling you to. Number five, the victim mentality. If you don't want peace, just wallow in it. Number six, trying to impress people. Don't do that. That's all I have for that one. Number seven, the pursuit of perfection. The pursuit of perfection. How 
exhausting is that? Grudges. Why not just carry around a bunch of boat anchors? Grudges. How can we let those things go? Number nine, a quest for material things. A quest for material things that really relates to this time of year. And number 10, complete self-reliance. I can do it. I can, I can pull myself up by the bootstraps. I can make it through this. How can you bring the right people around you to find peace in the midst of chaos? So how to find peace in the midst of chaos? Now, this is going to be tough. This is going to be hard to say, but I think you can handle it. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you lack peace, you are lacking areas of obedience. If you lack peace, you are lacking areas of obedience. Now, now, please don't get ahead of me. I'm not guilt shaming. This is not to make you feel bad. It's Christmas time. We're supposed to be happy and cheering each other on. I get it, and we're going to get back to that. Because when, you, when, when I read that, when I felt like God gave me that to speak to you, I immediately went to, well, Pastor Harold, if things in my life aren't going great, am I not being obedient? Do I not have a great relationship with Jesus if, if the things in my life aren't going super, super well? It says nowhere that your circumstances are going to change. I wish it did. This would be a lot easier to sell. I wish it said, as long as we were doing everything correctly, that our circumstances were always going to change, but they're not. They're just not. Some of you are here today, you are going to leave this building and you are going to be entering in right back into chaos. And, I, and I'm sorry for that. And that, and that breaks my heart. But, but this is not about our circumstances. This is about how we find peace in the middle of the chaos that is our world. Because when we go back to the story, Joseph's circumstances didn't change. His wife is still pregnant and he's not the dad. He still has to go to work the next week and, 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 and conversate. Like he's got to navigate that. He's got to look at people doubting him saying, dude, you're out of your mind. Why would you stay with her? She is clearly unfaithful. Like, what are you thinking? Does that sound like chaos? Does that sound like his circumstances are changing in the midst of the season in his life? No, they're not. But how do we find peace? How can we make it through these circumstances that are just hard and they're messy? But what God is asking you to do God is asking you to see chaos, to pursue obedience, to essentially surrender, to experience peace on the other side. And it's hard to be there. It's hard not to go through your life with just with, with so much anger and so much, so much frustration because you want the circumstances around you to change so bad and, and, and it's not really going the way you want it to go. But, but are, are, could, you be, could you be okay with the idea of like, God might have you there for a particular reason for a season just as this 
to bring peace into your life so that you can be a catalyst in the situation around you? Could you be okay with that? Could you be okay with this idea of in the midst of chaos? Could you be okay with pondering for a while to consider God, everything around me is going on. What would you have me do? Could you do that? Could you be okay with that? Because folks, we're never gonna experience peace on the backside of our circumstances if we don't surrender. Because we're still trying to do and we can't do everything. We just can't. We just can't. So God is asking us to surrender. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up and we're gonna get back to the story. In verse 20, and 21 it says, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. Now, Joseph was, this challenge was before him from the Lord saying, Joseph, I'm asking you to step back into chaos. From a worldly perspective, from an earthly perspective, Joseph, I get it. This looks like, it looks like chaos. This is not how you planned it. This is not how you envisioned the first couple conversations of you having on your honeymoon. I get it. You're, You're frustrated. I totally understand. But what God was asking him was to be obedient to what was taking place to stay the course. Joseph, I know you're upset, but I, I need you to take Mary home as your wife. And then he says, don't be afraid. What did he mean by that? God was telling Joseph, Joseph, peace is entering your world. Your wife is going to give birth to this beautiful boy. And Joseph, you're not gonna have Christmas songs about you. 2,000 years from now, Joseph, people aren't gonna celebrate you. There's not a kid in America that wants to play Joseph at at a Christmas pageant. But Joseph, you gotta trust where I have you, buddy. Joseph, you gotta trust what I'm doing in your life, man, because if you just stay the course, you are going to be blessed far beyond you can even imagine. Because the cool part about the end of this story, (laughs) she will give birth to her son and Joseph, you are to name the savior of the world. That's what I'm trusting you with. Now, now I don't know where God has you today. I, I don't know the midst of your chaos. I, I don't know. But I, I do know that God might be asking us on a personal level, on a congregational level, to maybe ponder, to maybe think about what he is doing in the midst of your life. And could you just be okay? Could you be okay to take a little time to allow him to speak into you this Christmas season to see how he wants to bless you and your family? No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what is burdening you right now in this time of year, could could you just trust that God is moving and working in your life? And if you think you could do that, would you get on your feet as we continue to worship? 
Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.